hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Suckatash. Yes, Suckatash, the comedy soundcast soundcast featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcast. And also interviews with comedians, comedian soundcasters, and other showbiz folk. And now, here's your host, internationally recognized comedy soundcast soundcaster, Mark... Thank you, Bill Haywatt. Welcome back if you're a return listener to this soundcast. If this is your first time in, welcome as well to Succotash, the comedy soundcast soundcast, where we offer you a weekly tasting platter of comedy soundcasts from around the internet for your ears. Bite-sized little clips that will hopefully tempt you to seek out the shows we're featuring in their entirety. I'm your host for episode 274, Mark Hershon, but to keep up the frenetic pace of putting out a weekly show, I split the hosting duties by switching off weeks with Mr. Tyson Saner. And if you didn't catch last week's entry, Epi 273, in which Tyson featured clips from the Amazing Pop Culture podcast, Life is Short with Justin Long, and WTF with Mark Marin. Don't despair, as you can still catch the episode on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Audible, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, YouTube, and wherever fine soundcasts are streamed and or downloaded. You can also grab it from our home site, SuckatashShow.com, where we have stockpiled our past 10 plus years of comedy soundcast clippery and also interviews we've done over the past decade. Just a quick reminder that Tyson and I are currently, and always have been, clipping and presenting this array of Soundcast snacks out of the goodness of our hearts. We so far have failed to lure any sponsors on this show, other than our freeloading fake advertiser Henderson's Pants. And it actually costs money to put this sucker out every week. We're not complaining. We love doing this, but what would be so super nice of you is if you could show your appreciation for our efforts by rating and reviewing Succotash Show wherever you happen to be getting it from. A quick five stars, a thumbs up, a couple of lines about how enchanting the show is, you're in, you're out, no one gets hurt. Thanks in advance, we really do appreciate your listenership, and we hate to beg, but hey. All right, I've got a full rack of clips to share with you this week from Comedy Soundcasts, For What It's Worth, Story Time with Seth Rogen, How to Survive with Danielle and Christine, and Movies to Be Buried with, with Brett Goldstein. In addition, this episode is brought to you by Henderson's Pants, new Beaver Tail Pants. But I'm going to kick things off with a special bonus clip. What makes it special? Well, I'm in it. That's right, it's me being featured as a guest on another soundcast. Hosted by past Succotash guest and friend of the show, Chris Mancini, what are you watching as Chris and a guest talking about what they're watching? Mostly on TV, but sometimes movies too. We've had Chris on, we've featured his soundcast, so all it took was a little begging and pleading on my part to be invited to be the guest for his recent episode 50. a nice change of pace to be the interviewee quite frankly and we had a great time talking about a bunch of shows here's a clip from our discussion of the hulu fx streaming show why the last man Uh, now um i I will say uh let you know about one other show that i've been watching that just started um why the last man have you heard about this show i haven't i have watched the first two episodes yes of that show yeah 
Now, I read the uh, comic book years ago. I mean, because it's been around forever. I read the yeah. entire season and uh, the series. And as I'm watching, you know, this this show, no one ever thought the show was ever going to get made because mm. it's been literally in development for years and years and years and years. Nobody ever did anything with it. It was I'm like, and also, oh, this is going to be really hard to make. But in the age of streaming and the mm -hmm. fact that uh, it was probably already licensed and probably still under you know the license was probably still under contract i'm like well you know the pandemic might have um pushed some things into a green light that we're, yeah. we're not sure of especially one like this where it's literally a pandemic that kills everyone with a y chromosome except yes. for one guy with yeah. a helper monkey and uh, <laughs> um w which is hilarious and you know the the thing that's interesting is uh you know, my daughter watched it with me. She's 16. And she was uh, she the her first reaction was this show is crazy. And I'm thinking not as crazy as the comic. So oh, OK, the comic goes completely insane and off the rails. And, oh, really? Uh, oh, yeah. It's it, it gets really nutty. And uh, um, I'm wondering how far into that territory the um, the show is actually going to go, because there's no reason why you can't anymore with you know streaming and content and spe the special effects are cheaper now you That's can right. you can do all these things if you want to um the question is more creative like do you do you dial it back a little bit for a broader audience do you make it as crazy as the comic uh, do you you know, alter some of the characters and add characters. And that's what they are doing that. They're adding characters and you know altering some characters here and there. And uh um so Ultimately, I'm really interested to see how this will um, unfold uh, because it is insane. Now, the thing I do love about it, too, is this show and why The Last Man, the comic, have a very definitive beginning, middle and end. Like mm -hmm. this isn't going to be like an ongoing zombie show. It's, just, oh, okay. it's, it's not set up for that. Um, they could extend it probably further than the comics a little bit, but there is an end point. And um, I don't know, like they're probably seeing how the ratings are going to be like when that end point will be season mm. two, season three, season four. Um, even if it's doing really well, I don't see it going past like a, a season four or five at the most. It might even be less uh, depending on how things go. But, you know, there's always that um, trying to squeeze every dime out of the, uh, <laughs> the franchise. <laughs> the, yeah, the, the uh, golden goose. So if it starts doing really well, like I know we plan for three seasons, but can we make it five? Yeah. Can, yeah. you know, can uh, can uh, Yorick uh, go to Australia and just kind of get stuck <laughs> there for a season? Can that can we <laughs> yeah. figure that out somehow? Yes. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. I am excited to see how it unfolds. And, uh, you know, I'm on board. I, I enjoyed the comic. I'm enjoying the show. The other thing about the, the weirdness factor, they could do like um, what uh, um, HBO did, right? With, um, uh, why, am I, why am I blanking on the show? Their biggest show they've ever had. Um, the Dragon. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. God. <laughs> uh, with Game of Thrones, where uh, they, they kind of let the weirdness sort of build. There was like no magic for the first six Correct. episodes right it was all just mm -hmm. sort of like swords and fighting and lots of right. sex right mm -hmm. and then they began to kind of like let it get weirder and weirder like you know some of the strange beings and things like that so they might do that with this with this property what are you watching is a fun way to find some new shows that you maybe have heard about but were wondering if it was worth it to check them out 
Chris Mancini also has two other soundcasts currently up and running, The Quiet Journeys of Professor Outwood and Conversations from the Abyss. You can get a line on everything he's got up on his home site, including some graphic novels he's got available at whitecatentertainment.com. If you're a fan of Ted Lasso, the big breakout hit on Apple TV last year starring Jason Sudeikis, as I am, regardless of the pounding it's been taking from people this season, then you probably also love the character of Roy Kent. Portrayed by Brett Goldstein, Roy's a foul-mouthed, contentious veteran footballer who becomes a foul-mouthed, slightly less contentious coach in Season 2. Brett started out as a staff writer on the show who lobbied Sudeikis and the producers to let him play Roy, and wouldn't you know, the guy's perfect. What I didn't know of, I'm ashamed to say, is that Brett is also a comedian and, what's more, has been hosting more than 160 episodes of his own comedy soundcast called Movies to be Buried with, with Brett Goldstein. He brings on a guest, explains that they've been killed in some manner, but the good news is they get to go on to an afterlife where they get to explain their life through their favorite movies. Episode 121 featured guest Patton Oswalt, and as you might imagine, hilarity ensued. Here's an ear peek. What is the first film that you remember seeing? Oh, uh, the first film, and I remember this so clearly. And before I tell this story, I'm not slagging the parents involved in the story. They had every good intention when they did what they did. This was in the <laughs> early... Just hang on. Okay. Because this was like in 1973 or four, us, you know, like, you know, four years old, five years old, living in Southern California. My dad was in the military. So this is very briefly we lived there before we moved to Virginia. But it was Halloween and they had a children's Halloween activity day at the local library. Won't this be fun? And we did cut out pumpkins and we made ghost cookies and they told ghost stories and then they showed us a movie and it being the early 70s and there's no internet or no parental resources they thought oh let's show them an old silent horror movie this will be because silent movies that's for everybody how scary can this be no one and they showed us they projected it on a wall on a 16 millimeter projector because back then by the way you could rent Eight millimeter and sixteen millimeter films. That's how people would watch them. They showed us F. W. Murnau's Nosferatu to a bunch of five and six year olds. <laughs> and by the way, I and like earlier this year, I watched Nosferatu. I have a there's a film service called Canopy. I'm like I'm gonna watch this again just to make sure. Like maybe I'm only seeing it through my five year old brain. That is one of the most terrifying, just openly disturbing film. It's all it is is disturbing images. And the narrative kind of doesn't make sense. There's yeah. kind of a dream logic to it. It just kind of jumps around. So it has that five-year-old's logic way of looking at the world where just all it is is scary stuff coming in. Kids were screaming and crying. And I was freaking out. But I was very, very fascinated by how come this little square of light mm -hmm. is making everyone – we were just in this room that was well lit. We know we're in safe in the world. They put a couple of towels over the windows and suddenly – we're in hell. Yeah. Like it just completely. And I'm like, how did that happen? And that is why I've been fascinated with film ever since. Because it, it happened like that. And that movie, go watch Nosferatu. It's fucking scary. It's fucking, by today's standards, that movie is fucked up. Ugh. It is it's really, it's just yes. a series of openly disturbing images. It's like, what the fuck? And then the, the woman has like dies at the end. Like she mm -hmm. openly sacrifices herself. Like, 
It's so fucked up. <gasps> so were you with your parents watching this? I think it was a drop-off. To, like, the 70s were all about, oh, just leave your kids there and we'll cut. I mean, I remember very clearly you were a shitty parent if your kid was inside your home watching TV and being supervised. The good parents oh, were like, really? go outside, play, run around, get exercise, come back when it gets dark. I don't care where you go, go outside. And that was it. That was like just, that's what you did, you know? Like so that, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they dropped me off. And then picked you up and you <laughs> you were shaking. Now, what happened in there? Oh, how were the pumpkin cookies? There was a, there's a guy, he came out of the darkness and he's just like sucking people's souls. It was just like so terrifying. Yeah. Do you want to go back tomorrow? Got that. <laughs> Amazing. We're gonna show. They're gonna show Haxon witchcraft through the ages. <laughs> <laughs> and you have it. You have a brother, right? I have a little brother. Yeah, my brother Matt. How how much younger is he? He's a year and a half younger than me. So was he there? Were you together? I cannot remember. He doesn't. He doesn't remember seeing that okay. movie. He doesn't. He doesn't have that memory. Maybe he was there and just I don't know. But he. Do, you're, that's a good question. But he's never. He he doesn't remember that. I very specifically remember seeing that. He's, he's oh. just shut down that trauma and lives in denial. I get it. Yeah, may, maybe his brain was like, no, nah, we're not going to deal with this yet. You're too young. <laughs> he's got some great guests, so do check out Brett Goldstein's Movies to be Buried With, available pretty much everywhere you glean your soundcasts from. Next up is a clip from the debut episode of a brand new comedy soundcast, How to Survive, with Danielle and Christine. Every episode features host Danielle Koenig and Christine Kimmel doing their best to help you figure out how to, quote, survive the things that could kill you and the stuff that just makes you wish you were dead, <laughs> unquote. In their kickoff installment, it's how to both survive a wildfire and also, with the help of their comedic actress friend and guest Alex Alexander, how to survive being fired. Our clip is from the first part and jumps into what you should do if you're at home and can see a fire coming. There's a fire. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You're at your house. Sure. And you see a fire. Yeah. Any thoughts on what you should do? Oh, my God. Um, you, uh, you're saying I see a fire come down the street. There's a fire, like... Get know, in the bathtub. It's, it's not. <laughs> I don't know. Is that the answer for everything? Get in it's, the bathtub, I think. I mean, that's not a bad idea. Okay. The first thing you do, evacuate when the emergency officials tell you to. Okay. I can follow directions. Right? I'm like, good at that. There's a lot, you know, there's that guy on the news always, that guy's name's like Cletus. Yeah. And he's like, I ain't leaving. Right. Don't be him. Don't be Cletus. Don't be Cletus. Um, all right. Number two, shut off the gas, turn off propane at the tank, and turn off all your pilot lights. Do you think I know how to do any of that? I know. This is same. This okay. is where I'm going to die. My husband would, but if my husband's not home... I'm screwed. Yeah. Okay. So leave on all your lights. Okay. I can do that. Uh, move Why? Your... Okay. So the rescuers can see your house. Okay. You don't... At this point, I think you're not in your house anymore. You're not like staying in your I've house with all the lights on. I've turned you're, you're off gone. the gas and I've turned on the lights. Yes. Got it. Smart. Here's some other stuff I wouldn't have known to do. Move your furniture away from your windows and doors. Take your curtains down. This I thought was fun. Oh, because you know they're flammable. I think I this know, is but... when the fire's like... You're, you've heard about the fire, like, <laughs> on the news. Okay. But you apparently have, like, a lot of time. I have a lot of time, too. Because this is also feng shui my... You're doing a lot of redecorating. Yeah. Okay. Take your curtains down. Put up mini blinds. <laughs> <laughs> okay. From blinds.com. They're 50% off right now. 
By the way, that's our sponsor. Yeah. Do they <laughs> ship within 20 seconds? <laughs> they ship within four hours. You have okay. four hours. All right. Um, Put up mini blinds because, come on, it's the 21st century. Yes. Who curtains. has curtains? Right. We did up until very recently. I have curtains in my but, bedroom, but okay. they're, they're, they're linen. Well, get them off of your... I know. Okay, because my house flammable. is already my house is probably on fire right now. But uh, I mean, are they only flammable if they're hung up? What are you supposed to? Do? I mean, isn't every if you take them down, they're still flammable? <laughs> what are you supposed to do with them? You set them, set them on, on fire, fire. at a time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Um, here's another one that I think is fun. Okay. Rake dead leaves away from home and clear roof of pine needles. My God, so let's just get on my roof yeah. at this point. Get up on your roof. I mean, I get it if you're in an area you live in. You can do this. Yeah, but also, who in L.A. is doing their own gardening? I don't know. <laughs> Call your gardener. I don't know. Text your gardener. Right. Tell them to come in in the middle of a fire. Yeah, see if they're available. I don't think my gardener does roofs. Mine doesn't either. No. Okay. So get um, pine needles off of your roof. Okay. Mm-hmm, I, I, mm-hmm, all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, fill buckets of water around the house. Okay. And what is that for? So the firefighters can take them and like, I guess... <laughs> They don't have enough big hoses. They just <laughs> they just splash? splash. Like just like they're having a water fight. Like just that's bucket just by for bucket them to cool their hands down okay. <laughs> after they're burned to a cinch. Yeah, or um, maybe after they get out of the fire, they run outside, put their tushy in in <laughs> yes. the bucket of water like a cartoon, and it's then little Tunes. sizzle things come up. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, um, now I understand. And wet down your house and surrounding bushes with a hose. Okay, that I knew. I that knew makes the sense, wet down right? your house. Wet that down makes your house. sense. Yeah. Mine's all wood. My house is also made of wood. Holy moly. Um, this is maybe my last, first and last podcast episode, because guys, I'm going to die in a fire. Apparently, because um, you have a lot of, I mean, if you have 12 buckets and you have, you know, the presence of mind to do all this stuff, I understand that people are given fire warnings. And yes, you could do some of this. So it's not, it's not completely it's insane. Not, but I it's, understand. It also seems like, you should just probably leave. Yeah. Um, and make sure your evacuation kit is packed and ready. Okay. If you have one. If you don't, I, you, you know, should get I don't. One. But, oh, no, we have, we have an earthquake kit. Just take that. So just take that. I'm sure the, the same. The, the backpack or the bucket. You need, yeah, kit. you need the same things to survive. Yes. Whether, no matter what takes you out of your house. Yeah. Right? Okay. I think so. They, all right. They're all similar. Right. So there you go. That's how you're going to live and survive. Okay. That now. was actually helpful. Thank you. Yeah, because I, I understand now. Like, you have time. You're, it's a warning. It's not like an earthquake where it happens, you know, instantaneously. Right. It's not like poof. Poof, there's a fire. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you're in your house and something's on fire, I would say just well, call that's a different situation, I suppose. Out. Yeah. You're not going to just start putting bu- filling buckets around right. your house. There's a fire in the kitchen. Don't go to the living room and take down your curtains. <laughs> I think it's important to remember that both Danielle and Christine are Soundcast hosts and not first responders or emergency personnel of any kind. But if you were to print out a transcript of their first episode and hang it up next to the fire extinguisher, it may just save your life. Catch How to Survive in all of the usual spots. We're going to take a quick break for a word from our mythological sponsor, Henderson's Pants, so feel free to fast forward to the next clip if you'd like. Hello friends, Bill Haywatt here. You know, now that the spring fashion season is upon us, it only makes sense that now is the time for the good people at Henderson's Pants to unveil their newest development in practical yet stylish leg coverings. Remember those early 2000 aughts when many young women decided to get outrageous lower back tattoos as a testament to their youth and vitality? Well, they just wanted to be seen as individuals, just like everyone else. And so 
the Tramp Stamp was born. Yes, friends, they lived by the credo of YOLO. Well, you may only live once, but that stupid butt brand is going to hang around forever. <laughs> well, now that we're halfway through the second decade of the 21st century, those women are now not so young. And while many of them may have wound up in biker gangs or metal bands or correctional facilities, most have children and responsible jobs where such tattoos are frowned upon. But now there's no need to go through the pain, shame, and expense of tattoo removal. Not with the all-new Henderson's Beaver Tail Jeans. Each pair of Henderson's Beaver Tail Jeans comes with an extra flap of material just above the backside, extending above the waistline, and covering up any offensive back ink you may have acquired back in your wild days. Which means you get to keep your tattoo and eat it too. <laughs> Figuratively speaking, of course. Originally designed for Eleanor Roosevelt, Mamie Eisenhower, and Barbara Bush, Henderson's beaver tail jeans are available anywhere women are working their way through college by taking off their clothes for money. That's Henderson's Pants, makers of coveralls and cover some since 1896. And now, back to, yes, you guessed it, Succotash. We've clipped another soundcast that just kicked off in recent weeks, Storytime with Seth Rogen. Seth has a very funny and creative mind, and this is a pretty inventive show, with guests popping in and out as he unfolds someone's story that intersects with other people and becomes their story along the way. In his first episode, the story belongs to Quinta Brunson, a writer, producer, comedian, and actress. You may know her from her self-produced Instagram series, Girl Who Has Never Been on a Nice Date. But before she got into showbiz, she was a Jehovah's Witness living a pretty buttoned-up lifestyle. Until she was on a date in Philadelphia and happened to meet up with Paul Rudd. Yes, that Paul Rudd at the movie theater she was in. The impact of that encounter changed the course of her life. Now, our clip is from Seth's chat with Paul Rudd, who doesn't recall his encounter with Quinta, but does explain why he's so damn nice to people. If I had not ran into him in that movie theater, had he not been in Philadelphia filming a movie, had we not sat in the same movie theater, had he not told us to come down closer, I could have been married and miserable yeah. with a husband who doesn't understand me. And who doesn't know who Paul Rudd is. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I, d I wonder if he remembers it. Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd. That's what I think about all the time. Good to see you, man. Um, it's great to see you. I'm going to make you full screen. Ooh, that's exciting. <laughs> I got good, <laughs> the best uh, placement. Well, I obviously had to call my good friend Paul Rudd, tell him this long story, and ask him if he remembered it. I have no recollection. None. <laughs> I don't even know who this other person is that I'm with. I've never had a bodyguard in my life, so... Maybe she was thinking of Owen Wilson. Maybe it was. <laughs> it wasn't Jack Nicholson, I assume. Um, no, I would have remembered that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, do you remember seeing Inglorious Bastards? I do remember seeing Inglorious okay. Bastards. <laughs> Absolutely remember okay. that. And so it's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> it is interesting. It, you know, it's interesting that, you know, look, she, she, I think she would have done it anyway. It's who she is and it's right. And, and, uh, you know, I do believe that if it's something that you love, yeah. um, you, you should commit to it. If it, you know, life is short. 
The fact that he didn't remember the story honestly made it more poignant in many ways. Just by being a nice guy, going about his day, being cool to people, he changed the lives of those he interacted with. And when I looked back, he didn't just do it with Quinta Brunson. When we made 40 Virgin, like, you were so nice to everybody. And looking back, I truly think that, like, you showed me the best way to manage being a famous person. And I think that, like, it is a skill in and of itself that so many famous people do not have. <laughs> and it's something that I for sure think about all the time, honestly. Wow. As far as him being really nice, I definitely think about that all the time because sometimes this industry will almost play a game with your brain and try to force you to forget to to be human sometimes like because yeah. it pedestals you so oh yeah it, i think you have to be active in combating that i know what you're thinking why are these famous assholes fucking jerking themselves off and congratulating themselves for being nice to people that they interact with why are they acting like it's such an enormous hurdle they've overcome in their lives well the truth is it's harder than you would think. When a lot of people see a famous person, their brains break. It's yeah. like they are meeting um, like a fictional character. Like it's as yeah. though the laws of reality have crumbled, you know? Absolutely. Um, and, and, and that gives some people permission to then act in a way that they would never normally act. And like, hey, you know what? Fuck it. Like, uh, I'm just going to do this Fuck shit. But, I'm going to pick but, you up right now. I don't know you, I'm but gonna, I'm going to pick I'm you gonna, up. I'll put you in my pocket and run away with you. <laughs> Have people picked you up? <laughs> Have you been picked up? Oh, like, this is the one thing I've talked about in therapy. Being picked up without my consent by a stranger on the street. Do you know how, and I love to be in control. Do you know how out of control that makes me feel? <laughs> that, it that is, is the, wild. It's one thing to be hugged which is sweet but to then be picked up off of your feet which anchor you to the ground it is insanity and what's even more insane is like why would you do this why would you <laughs> throw away all your inhibitions and pick a person up <sighs> it just goes back to the recurring theme which is no one teaches you specifically how to be nice to your fans and even that you should be nice to your fans. And it can create a lot of anxiety for some people that I've met throughout my life. There's a weird paradox at play where everyone knows you and you're incredibly popular and they want to interact with you. And as a result of that, it can make you incredibly anxious and not want to talk to anybody. I love the premise of this show and how engaged and engaging Seth is with the story and the people involved. That's story time with Seth Rogen, and it's just out, so you might not be able to find it quite everywhere yet, but probably very soon, you won't be able to escape it. Murray Valeriano is a comedian and longtime soundcaster. You may have heard his show Road Stories, where he chatted with fellow comics about mostly hell gigs, and we've met repeatedly during the five-year run of the Los Angeles Podcast Festival, sadly now over several years. He has a newish soundcast up and running, which I reviewed last week for This Week in Comedy podcast for Vulture.com, called For What It's Worth. And as Murray calls it, it's, quote, the only music and comedy game show that matters, unquote. It's a fast-paced game with a lot of opportunities for the comedian contestants to bust each other's and Murray's chops while trying desperately to correctly answer music trivia questions. This clip is from a recent episode featuring Jimmy Pardo, Gary Brightwell, and Jeff Tate, and the opening round of the game called The Rock Wall. All right, Jimmy, <laughs> sunglasses at night, sunglasses at night. How okay. much of your advance are you willing to wager? One to five points. 
Uh, I'm hoping it has to do with a Canadian crooner. So I'm going to, I'll go all nickel. I'll go five. All right. Balls to the wall, we call it on this show. Finish this quote from Elwood Blues of the Blues Brothers. There's 106 miles to Chicago. We've got a full tank of gas, a half a pack of cigarettes. I mean, it's dark and we're wearing sunglasses. Did it. Five points. Good. Out of the gate. Five points. Ah. Thank you. That, uh, <laughs> uh, I've seen that movie. It's probably uh, the, I've seen that movie, the, uh, the airplane, probably number one. Blues Brothers, number two. Uh, amount of times I've seen the movie. Uh, can't turn it off when it comes on. I will tell you this. I've seen Airplane on. twice and Blues Brothers once. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Let's just let let's just all enjoy Jimmy enjoy his joke. I did. I enjoyed my own joke. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna lie. I enjoyed my own piece of business. That was fantastic. Good way to start this round now, Jimmy Pardo. Good, feel good. You're batting a perfect game so far. Thank you. I believe that's a baseball reference. Jeff Tate, let's shuffle the rock wall. All right. Heartbreaker, sir. Heartbreaker. How much of your advance are you willing to wager? One to five points, sir. I'm going to I'm gonna keep the pace and go five. All right. Balls to the wall. He's got to keep it up with uh, Jimmy Pardo here. Here we go. After filling in with the band on Saturday Night Live, Dave Grohl was offered a full-time gig drumming with which band? Well, that would be a band called Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Yes, <laughs> 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 Which is good. I've only ever seen one band, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. I was. Gonna, how many times do you think you've seen Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers? Uh, fifteen total. Fifteen out of fifteen. There's a now wow. a cap on it. Oh, there, yeah, there is so. a cap. Right. There is a cap. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Saw him once. Fantastic. Fantastic. They played every song like it was their closing number. I was like, oh, they're closing on this. Oh no, it's only the third song. It was great. <laughs> right, excellent, excellent way to start off the show, uh, Jeff Tate. Gary Brightwell. Nice. <clears throat> yeah. Shuffle the rock wall, sir. All right. Shuffling up. Jack, you're dead. Jack, you're dead. How much of your advance are you willing to wager? Jimmy Pardo is contemplating the topic of this question. I know. He's, you know, I'm, I'm, I got to stick with the pace. Like, what am I going to do? At this point, you are trailing by five points, sir. Because it's my first question. Uh, yeah, five points. <laughs> All right, I guess I'm gonna go five. Crack <laughs> <laughs> your dead, Gary Brightwell. Okay, there we Jack, are. I'm dead. Frank Sinatra was such a fan of drinking that old Blue Eyes himself was buried with a bottle of what? Oh, you gotta have to go with Jack Daniels because that's what he would drink. That is exactly what he would drink. Five points, yes. Jack Daniels. There you go, Frank Sinatra. I believe buried in Palm Springs. Uh, it's I'm real close to Frank Sinatra Drive. I know that. Well, maybe he's buried under the road. He was Italian. <laughs> <laughs> it's a comedy show. Ah. It's a comedy show, guy. Thank you. All right, look at me. All right, five points for me on that joke. All right, five hey, across Gary, the board. Tell him I'm tied. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After Gary's first question, he, had, he advanced five points, and he is tied. If you consider yourself knowledgeable about music, then this would be an especially fun soundcast to play along with. That's for what it's worth from the All Things Comedy Network and available pretty much everywhere you can think of.
Just one call into the Succotash runaway truck ramp hotline this past couple of weeks, and I have to admit, I'm not sure what the question is. Hi, Donna. You can call into the hotline at 1-818-921-7212 and leave something like that, or perhaps a message a bit more legible about comedy soundcasts, or the status of a runaway truck ramp on a highway near you. Finally, it's Tweet Sack time. Here's a rundown of the folks we could find who mentioned at Succotash Show in their socials in the past week or so. Laura Saner, and Paws the Dinosaur Hunter, Dr. Collision, Meredith Salinger, Fascination Street, Misfit Scully, Salty Language Pod, I Shake My Head, Hunter Block, Shermanator, Mike Rez, Matthew Berkey, Karen Landry, Bill Inguito Jr., Lisa S., The D-Head Factor, John Parker 5809, Vicara 1, Doc Podcast, Let's Chat Podcast, That Matt Knudsen, Bill Lerness, Paige Branson, Paige O'Donut, <laughs> that Jordan Brady, Dockerson, the artist's work ethic, and the charm offensive comedy show. That's a wrap then on Succotash Epi 274. Here's hoping you enjoyed our clip harvest for the week and that you are inspired to go listen to one or all of the shows we featured here. If you're having trouble remembering the show titles or where you can find them, I invite you to slide over to our blog page for this episode on our home site, SuccotashShow.com, where you will find lovely little clickable titles for the shows and clickable Twitter or Instagram links for the folks involved in those soundcasts. Tyson Saner will be right in this same feed next week with episode 275, which will likely have a new crop of clips for you. In the meantime, try to treat everyone you meet decently, wear a mask if you're supposed to, vax if you haven't, and if anyone asks if you've heard anything good lately, won't you please pass the Succotash? You've been listening to Succotash, the comedy soundcast soundcast, with your host, Mark Urshaw. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Rate us and review us at Apple and Google Podcasts. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com. On Spotify. On Stitcher. On iHeartRadio. On YouTube. On SoundCloud. And wherever fine soundcasts are streamed and or downloaded. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Succotash Show. Like us on Facebook. Email us at marc at succotashshow.com or call into the Succotash Skype line at our toll call number 818-921-7212. That number again is 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcasts directly to us using our direct upload link at hightail.com slash you slash Succotash. Succotash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our hosts are Mark Hershon and Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Succotash is executive produced by Mark Hershon. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the Succotash goodbye.
This has been a Succotash Patch production.